Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? I'm doing spectacular. Joining us, joining us from the uh, fabulous Acura or Toyota. Uh, I always forget which arena it is. I, I forget which type of <laughs> type of vehicle the- you have. Mazda Studios. That's right, the Mazda Studios. Studios. (laughs) We're taking a little bit of precautions as uh, I just came back from Gen Con this past weekend, and uh, it was a very safe convention. Everybody had masks. Uh, Everybody self-reported as being very vaccinated, but there were still many, many, many people there. And uh, Mm -hmm. just just to be safe, you know, we'll we'll keep our distance for a, a smidge. And then come back to being in the same location again. Busy, uh, busy time there. Oh yeah, there were a few uh, thousands and thousands of people there. It wasn't as busy as um, as Gen Cons in the past. But we'll have an episode where we'll go over all the specifics. We'll have a, a couple special guests to talk about that one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting time, and I can't wait to really dig into it. Uh, but. This week, we're coming back to one of our ongoing topics, the history of comic book movies. Um, we're up to 2017. It's hard to believe how fast we're approaching modern day, right? Yeah, we're going to catch up to our podcast that we've already done, discussing all the movies that came out in you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. <laughs> we're going to come up very soon on those, so hopefully our ideas haven't changed on those movies. Oh, that could be entertaining. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, so yeah, 2017 had a lot of comic book movies. We're going to divide this into two pieces. We're going to be doing the non-Marvel-based films in this one, and we are going to be doing the Marvel-based films in the next one that we do. Um, There was also actually a movie released in 2017 based on a comic strip, Bernard and Huey, but we won't be talking about that because it's based on a comic strip. And uh, I generally don't uh, feel like we need to cover that, you know, since we're more comic book people. Sometimes I break my rules and let it in, but uh, I'm not doing it this time. Yeah. So... Let's start, let's start, we always love to start strong uh, by talking about a movie that neither of us have ever seen. (laughs) And there will be a few of those. There's a handful. But, you know, we'll we'll basically cover the general concept of it and, you know, some of the people that are involved and then just kind of move on to the stuff that we have seen. But uh, we're going to start with uh, a film called Bad Kids of Crestview Academy. Now, Bad Kids is based on a graphic novel uh, by uh, Antarctic Press called Bad Kids Go to Hell. It came out in 2009 uh, by Anthony Vargas and Barry Wernick, uh, the writer, Barry Wernick. Um, and it's, it's, a fun little, it's a fun little thing. There have actually been a couple of different uh, uh, movies based on this particular property, which kind of surprises me it's one of those things that not a lot of people are real aware of but it's basically kids in school and things uh escalate to you know murder and death and that sort of thing yeah so it's a <laughs> typical high school <laughs> typical you know. high school um so this is one of the ones that you have not seen and that i have not seen uh it is rated r so go into it with that expectation now one interesting little note about this film 
it is directed and not starred in, but you know has a a, a role by Ben Browder. Uh, now, are you familiar with Ben Browder? Um, no. In high school, there was a teacher there. Uh, in my high school, his name was John Browder. <laughs> no, that's no. all I've got for you, sir. Yeah. So, if you ever watched the show Farscape, uh, he also did a stint on Stargate SG One for a season or two. Uh, he's been just in a ton of stuff. I mean, he was in. He was one of the. Okay, so I know one you've seen him in. You remember Guardians of the Galaxy two, mm-hmm. and all the gold skin people that were causing all the mayhem. Yes. There was the lady that was the main person. But her Correct. second in command, that dude that was next to her the whole time, that was Ben Browder. Ooh, okay. So, um, you know, just kind of one of those things. He had a, um, yeah, he had a lot of really cool stuff that uh, he did. He's been around, and a lot of you know, sci-fi people, you know, get a kick out of him. Um, I see he was in Arrow for quite some time. Yeah. Um, well, in a manner of speaking, two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But uh yeah, he's he's been in a bunch of different stuff. Uh, he had 10 episodes in Party of 5 that ran for a while. Um but yeah, he's 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 had little bits and pieces and movies here and there and like I said he's been around the thing. Sean Astin also has a role in the film uh, as the principal, I believe. Uh Drake Bell, if you're familiar with Drake and Josh, uh which uh, a little not my time, but apparently a popular kids show. Yeah. yeah, he's popular with the kids, all right. That's an underhanded joke that we probably shouldn't discuss. But anyway. That apparently means that something bad happened that I was not aware of. Correct. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, sad. Okay, we're going to move right on from that. <laughs> all right, so why don't we talk about another film that neither of us have ever seen. <laughs> neither of us neither of us so uh i kill giants uh is the next one we're going to discuss briefly it is based upon an image comic book of the same name that came out in 2008 by jm ken nimura and joe kelly uh, who wrote it um now this is one of those kind of magic and fantasy style things and when i saw the previews i really wanted to see it and then i just kind of never did um, well, it looks like it, at least, especially compared to the previous movie we spoke about, it looks like it generally gets positive reviews Yeah, and, and that's just from, you know, critics and general viewers across the board. So, uh, could be a pretty solid movie that maybe got overlooked a bit. Yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering if it did now. I'm not familiar with the director who is Anders Walter, uh, if you look at the uh, IMDb credits for this gentleman, they are not long. Uh, <laughs> and the ones that are there, I do not recognize. So uh, it's maybe one of those maybe one of those things where this was his big his big break. Um, but uh, it's got Madison Wolf in it, who was in the astronaut astronauts astronauts wives club uh, was maybe one of her big things. Uh, the show Zoo. Uh, been in quite a few different things. Uh, Imogene Poots, um, which she's been in just a, a ton of different things and a lot of really lot. good stuff. Uh, she's actually also in a more recent film that I watched um, uh, from 2019, which was not good, called Vivarium. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Vivarium, I should say. 
Uh, so, but she was good in it, even though the film was not good. So it's one of those things that, uh, yeah. Um, Sydney Wade, um, if you're familiar with, uh, uh, her work, she's been in quite a few things, but of course, maybe the biggest name in it is, uh, Zoe Saldana. Yes. Gamora herself. Yeah. We say Gamora, but she's been in tons of other things that we knew her for before she was ever Gamora. Oh, yeah. She's, she's been doing this for a little while. Uh, she did great as Uhura in the Star Trek reboot series. I really thought she, she nailed that pretty well. She, of course, was in Avatar, and Avatar is loved by many, many people that are not me. I say, just not by you. <laughs> just not by me. Uh, but yeah, this so is, you're excited about the reboots for that movie then. Oh, I, I cannot tell you, I'm, I'm actually thinking of maybe going ahead and watching it just to give it another chance. Maybe, maybe it will be better. We can hope. Um, but yeah, so this is one of those that I'm definitely going to head back and try. Uh, I, I really want to see it and I'm going, I'm going to get to it, but enough of films that neither of us has seen. Let's go to a film that at least one of us has seen. Mm. Um, and uh, I believe this is one of the ones that I have seen and the name of the film is Wilson 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 yeah now uh, Wilson was uh, a comic or a graphic novel whichever way you want to call it uh, same name um, by Drawn and Quarterly in 2010 as uh, Daniel I believe Close as the artist and the writer um it's either clothes or clues, but it's no, so I'm pretty sure it's clothes. Um, this has got kind of a really nice cast and crew. Uh, I watched this film because, I mean, you look at it, and its its primary actor is Woody Harrelson. Um, and I generally like Woody Harrelson in nearly anything that you put him in. Carnage. Nearly, nearly anything that you put him in. <laughs> Uh, but the um, the director is, uh, again, one of those where he doesn't have a lot of things that I'm particularly familiar with. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. He did a film called Skeleton Twins that uh, has a, a couple of uh, comedic actors in it that I'm a huge fan of, being Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. I've uh, heard of that movie. So, I mean, it's uh, uh, he seems to be the kind of director that would be good at this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast of this film is solid. It's got Judy Greer in it. I love Judy Greer. Um, so the whole idea is, you know, this dad's trying to to connect with his daughter that uh, has, uh, or, um, or sorry, my, my brain turned off there, connect with his wife that's estranged and meet his teenage daughter for the first time. And the character is an awful dude. I mean, he's just an ass. Uh, so that can be done really well. There's a lot of shows where the brilliant surgeon is brilliant, but he's also uh, kind of a bit of a jerk uh, or, you know, whatever it is. He doesn't have, like, that cool thing. He's just a jerk. Um so it can still be kind of fun. You can kind of get behind one of those characters. I didn't <laughs> in this film. I hated this film. 
Um, I don't know what it is that didn't click because, again, the source material, I thought this is one of those instances where I saw the film before I knew the source material. It's like, well, how close is this? So I went back and I looked at this. Source material is funny. I don't know where the disconnect is. It just didn't translate for me. I don't I don't know what. Um, yeah. Sorry, Woody. Uh, Metascore 49, which... Uh, is that good for a meta score? I think it takes all the scores from that people have submitted that are one to one hundred and kind of gives an average score. Yeah, I think. Well, I, don't know. I find it interesting that if that if that's what it is, one to a hundred, they rated it one point higher than I did <laughs> on average. So you had it. You had it. Pretty much spot on then. Yeah, I'm. I'm really surprised. I had not looked at the meta score. Uh, yeah, not great. So we're just gonna we're gonna just kind of tiptoe past this one, um, and we're gonna talk about one more that I know that neither of us have ever watched, and then we're gonna get to the good stuff. I promise, I promise, we're getting to it after this, um, or maybe good stuff's the wrong word. Stuff we can actually say something about. Um, yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, another 2017 based on a comic was uh, my friend Dahmer came out in 2017 my friend Dahmer based on the Abrams comics arts uh, graphic novel of the same name by Jock Backdurf um, it's interesting um, I, I just don't know I this is one of the likes I haven't seen I, I'm kind of curious how it's handled do I really want to know about the high school life of um, guy that uh, that's going to end up eating people down the road uh, kind of a strange kind of a strange choice yeah and was this uh, again was this a comic book a comic uh like graphic novel it's a graphic novel mm-hmm. yeah. so it was a one shot not an ongoing series and how accurate of a tale is this i have a feeling that it's embellished Okay. And you're right. Do you really want to know the backstory of a person that stalked people, killed them, and ate them? I mean, I probably not, but yeah, I don't know. Now, what's going to make uh, talking about this film very easy is I'm not really familiar with the work of the director, Mark Myers, and I'm not really familiar with most of the people in the film. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it doesn't really... Doesn't really, uh, not really much to say. I mean, when when the lead, or at least uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, is played by a gentleman by the name of Ross Lynch, uh, who was in nothing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just kind of, huh? Don't have much to say. Uh, he's in the Sabrina show on Netflix. Oh, is he? Okay, so I have yet to see that. So I've heard good things. Uh, mostly good things. Uh, so I, I, maybe that will be the saving grace for this gentleman, but we're just going to skip over that one for the most part. Um, I just don't have the appetite for it. I like it. That was good. <laughs> you know what I do have the appetite for? Destruction. Social media. Mm. Let's well, talk about thing. that now. <laughs> Hey there, Pudding People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. 
Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Graham Graham, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the Film and Television Engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Budding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's one dollar per month per month not per day per month <laughs> yes twelve dollars <laughs> for a year yeah uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into and when the fate engine comes out it will have its own cost and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this and it's going to be so cool i can't wait for you all to hear about it now, wasn't that filling? <laughs> Rich and sustenative. It's, it's, del it's delicious is what it is. Um, okay, so now the second half of the show can really begin where we have things to say about the things we are talking about in a little more detail. A little bit more. So um, next is a sequel to a film. Uh, that we've already discussed because it came out in a previous year because time works that way. Uh, and we're talking about Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Um, now, did you see this one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought this was one that we both had watched. And uh, the director, Matthew Vaughn, at the helm, um, coming back from the original film, has done quite a number of things that I've enjoyed over the past. I don't know about you. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun things I guess surrounding this particular film and you're right the uh director's probably probably got a good track record relative to the other ones that we've already spoken about that's for sure. Right. And it's got a returning cast most of the the important people that didn't die in the previous film mm. <laughs> came back for this or, one. Or so many. Yeah, Taron Egerton is back. Uh, you know, uh, but they added some really nice, um, some really nice uh, new people that that come into it. Um, I really like, um, I really like the way that they brought in uh, the the American uh, side of things. Uh, what makes this what makes this so ridiculously fun is just, is it's has some stereotypes in it, but it's played up for, for just kind of silly laughs and it just, it, it works somehow. Uh, the American firm is a bunch of cowboy spies. <laughs> yeah. 
it has that same spirit as the first one. Now, is it as good as the first one? Uh, no. No. Uh, is it bad? No. Also, no. But it's got the same elements in terms of how it's filmed and how it's put together. And a really, really good cast. I mean, like, great set of people in this That's all ridiculous. across the board. You know, they, I mean, they when, got a lot of people in this. When you bring in Channing Tatum and Halle Berry and Elton John and Jeff Bridges and Pedro Pascal, <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's like a who's who of excellent actors. Um bit of everybody and they and they do great i mean it's so long as you're not expecting a serious film it's just a lot of fun and um yeah it's uh, uh don't you, you need to suspend your your logical processes and just just know that there's going to be some fighting and some gunfire and some sci-fi that doesn't follow normal science rules and just just enjoy it and so long as you can do that it's great. A whip. Yeah. It was a bull whip. Yeah. That was a lot. Um, I, I, I think the thing about this, too, from a sequel standpoint, I, I appreciate that they brought back some of the peoples, mm-hmm. right, from the first one. Yeah. Continued on some of the storylines from the first one and then introduced a whole set of new people, like you said, introduced kind of the American side. And it worked. Yeah. It, it's like I said, it's fun. It's the same spirit as the first one. And I think the first one was better just because we hadn't really seen that style before. Right. So it was more fresh. And although this was the same style, sometimes that can come off as just rehashing all the things from the first one. Uh, read, read Austin Powers. <laughs> yes. And just, just put them in the second one. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what you do in sequels to a small extent. You can get right. burned out on that stuff. But I, I think they I think they got to the level where it was really close on that rehash, but didn't quite go over the top on the rehash. Well, I think part of it is is a lot of the continuation bits they tweaked just slightly. Like in the first film where he locks the uh locks the door to the bar and just beats the snot out of the people that are in there and then they do the same scene. But since (laughs) he's missing an eye, his depth perception is not what it was. None of his stuff (laughs) works in the exact same way. I loved that scene. Yes, that was, that was really good. The, the little fight scene at the diner with the burger, the meat grinder type thing. Yeah. Cheesy, but, (laughs) but still fun, but fun. Uh, Gross. Yeah, it. I'm trying to think. Oh, a whole bunch of the. You're right. The storyline once again is just kind of over the top. Yeah. Um, the destruction of the world scenarios that you get in these things, but that's what you get in all the James Bond movies, right? And this isn't a James Bond movie, but it's kind of like that. Kind of a send up to it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So yeah, uh, if if you enjoy that sort of thing, you'll enjoy this. And if you don't, well, just stay stay clear. <laughs> um, well, let's go on to one of the last three as the last remaining one to talk about that is not based upon a uh, major uh, 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 
comic book studio piece. So it's not Marvel. It's not DC. This is Atomic Blonde uh, by Oni Press in 2012. Uh, Sam Hart was the artist. Anthony Johnston, the writer. Um, this is one that I have seen that Richard is not. Um, I have not. It's kind of a period piece. So it's a, a pseudo spy thriller thing that happens during the Cold War. And uh, uh, an agent sent to investigate a murder of a fellow agent and things go sideways and she gets kind of framed sort of, you know, the, the standard spy stuff. Uh, so it's, it's a comic movie, but it's not superhero stuff. Now, that being said, it does fall prey. If you have issues with reality of um, fighting, I mean, because the choreography in this, I really like quite a bit. The fight scenes in this are just great. Now, you have to take that with a grain of salt to a certain extent because the protagonist is a 100-pound female that's throwing around 250-pound men. So it's not realistic in that respect, but if you can think of it in terms, hey, this is, again, comic movie kind of a thing, you got to let go of the, the realism of the fight scenes. Just, just accept that this agent is able to do that. So long as you can get past that, it's great. And it's Charlize Theron, uh, who I love. And I don't think I've ever seen her in a part that I didn't think she did well in. Well, I, I think she's had she's had a really good run lately in these action type movies and I, I guess when she when we when she first came on the scene that wasn't really what her identity was in films and as an actress and i appreciate the fact that she does so many different things and when she's in these different things now she does all of them really well and I, I think the thing about it is, like I said, the last couple years, she's really been doing those different types of action movies. And she's just like um, the old guard is oh, yeah. is one that we, you know, we will discuss in future episodes. And we've right. already you've already done a review on it. Uh, but a, another comic book type movie, but still the action centerpiece in yeah. the film. So. I don't see her stopping anytime soon either. She's just doing so good. Yeah. It's, easy to build easy to build a, a movie around her is what I should say. Oh yeah. No, she's kind of got everything. She's got she's got a great look. She's got the ability to be flexible in her parts and she she's she's just bankable. Um so I mean I, I, yeah, she's definitely going to keep going. Now the director uh David I keep want to say David Litch. But I think it's David Leach. Um I mean, you like John Wick? He's technically a, attached to that film. He did Deadpool 2. Um, uh, you know, the the little short, the Deadpool uh, No Good Deed, which also came out in 2017. Um, but we won't talk about that until the next episode because it's Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, he did the Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious kind of spinoff, which is the only Fast and Furious film that I have any interest in seeing. I still haven't seen it yet. But uh, <laughs> so I, I have to say that this 
This gentleman has a, a directorial style that I tend to like. Um, pretty solid all around. Yeah, and it's he's directed what just a handful of actual films, but right. he's had his hands in even more films beyond that, from being like a stunt coordinator, from having small acting parts in in various films as well. So I'm sure he'll keep up with the monies. Now, the Hobbs and Shaw movie, and you're right, the Fast and Furious. But we're up to like nine now, something like that. I think Charlie's is in actually a couple of those, and I haven't seen a single one of those, and have no intention of watching any of those movies. Uh, I saw the first one and felt my IQ drop and decided not to watch any of the others. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, that's that's not fair. I'm, I'm being mean. I, it's not a film to my taste. It just doesn't meet any of the needs that I have in, in watching a movie. Uh, but I won't go into why because that's not what we're talking about this time. No, no. But let's that talk could be a whole discussion for another entire podcast. We Popular don't... movies that you will never watch. <laughs> that actually sounds like a lot of fun. Convince me to watch this film. Um, now, Charlize is obviously not the only person in this film. This cast is kind of ridiculous. It's got James McAvoy in it. It's got John Goodman. It's got Toby Jones in it. Um, I mean, it's Bill Skarsgård has got a, a part, Sam Hargrave. Um, it's it's not what I would call like the star-studded cast, but a lot of really solid actors that I tend to like in most things. Yeah, and we, we just talked about the Kingsman sequel and the first Kingsman. Sophia Batella was in that one. And I feel like she's just had this. She's been po- very busy since that Kingsman movie came out. And she's been in a lot of films kind of doing her thing. So she's at this one. I mean, this was four years ago. Right. So not an up-and-comer anymore. Just uh, a busy, busy girl. Yeah. And uh, I have to wonder if it's because that uh, the director worked with Skarsgård in this film that he ended up appearing in the second Deadpool mm. film, just in yes. that small role. It's like, oh, I, I hadn't, I just hadn't made that connection quite yet. It's like that's that's kind of funny, and I I really like Skarsgård quite a lot. He's I feel like underrated as an actor. Um. He was in um, it. Well, yes, um, no, but before that, he was in um, a Netflix series called Hemlock Grove, and he was really, really good in in that that show, which was sometimes a little inconsistent in its presentation. But I I, I enjoyed his performance in that show, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and he has a super fun part in Atomic Blonde. It's it's not like the, the sidekick uh, comedic relief, but has some of those elements to it to a certain extent. He's not in a lot of the film, but the parts that he's in are just really enjoyable. Um, but yeah, all, all in all, this if you haven't seen this film, it's one of those things that you're not going to watch over and over again, likely, but it's well worth a watch because it's just, it's just kind of fun. It's kind of like... Um, uh, like a diehard with uh, feel with uh, with spy elements and a female lead, kind of. Fair enough. Um, all right, so let's go from one that I really enjoyed to one that neither of us really enjoyed that we've talked about before. 
<laughs> we are uh, going to talk about, uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, something that came out in 2017 from DC Comics, The Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, it's hard to differentiate because we've recently done the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Right. But obviously we're talking about the Justice League cut that came out, like you said, in 2017, that really truly is a different movie. Right. In a lot of ways, a different feel, a lot of bad cuts, a lot of bad CG. Yeah, CGI. CGI, that's what the computer didn't want you to hear. <laughs> Yeah. So the I think when we remove when we reviewed these movies, I think if if I'm not mistaken, I gave it like a 50 something. Uh it just it it's it stinks because this is the type of movie that you want to do well. This is the type of movie that you want to see your some of your favorite DC heroes be real people on the screen this is the type of movie that you want to see that collaboration and it's just hot garbage yeah it's Just say it nicely i was gonna say saying that it's hot garbage may be doing garbage a disservice to a certain extent it was it was it was pretty bad um now the justice league was originally uh seen first in dc comics and the brave and the bold in 1960 um, uh, the, uh, it's supposed to be, you know, just like here is the, the grouping of DC's best and most powerful heroes, which they were trying to build on to the whole Avengers thing. Avengers, very popular, but they completely missed the boat because executives either don't understand or don't care about what makes something work, uh, and just did not get the fact that, it's because Marvel seeded a series of movies that had teasers at the end of it. And, you know, we all kind of hoped things would happen. And it built up suspense and expectations. And when they finally announced it, it was like, yeah. And they thought, well, we don't actually have to, to do any of that. We've had a DC movie. Let's just jump straight to the end game and... Uh, we'll grab the same director that made the Avengers work and give him just nothing to work with. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. It's not entirely true. Let's give him a completely different style where he's going to want to rework everything and it's not going to work. And apparently he's not particularly nice behind the scenes to everybody. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> just not, not good all around. Um, yeah, I, I can't comment to what happened behind the scenes. All I can comment is to the finished product, and the finished product was crap. <laughs> it was just yeah, not good. The, the, the big problem here, and it goes backwards a little bit, is so they, they gave Zack Snyder the reins to do kind of what he wanted, how he wanted to do. And he did the Superman movie, right? And then he did Batman versus Superman. Right. So there was a couple movies with lead up. And those movies... Man of Steel was okay. And they had their moments. Yeah, neither Batman one Batman versus Superman one was 
it had a couple cool sequences, but the movie as a whole just kind of good. forced things in your face and yeah. it was bad. And then you get his vision of what he wanted to do for that movie, that movie, this movie. And the original thought process, if I'm not mistaken, was that this was going to be a two part movie. And they had filmed so. so much stuff. And as we saw in the Zack Snyder cut, which was like four hours long, that there was a lot more going on in this movie. And so the when he left because of personal reasons, they had all this material. They need to get it finished. And they just I think they just chose the wrong person, unfortunately. Um, yeah, he was already was he, if I'm not mistaken, he was tied in. He was going to do a. Uh, Batgirl or Batwoman. Something of that nature, yeah. Yeah, so he was already on board to do something like that and they're like, here's 10 million finish this movie for us. Or however much budget it was. And of course his style is worlds different from Zack Snyder's. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you want to do music over slow motion sequences. (laughs) And the, the two things just didn't mix and a lot of things ended up on the chopping floor now obviously we'll we've already discussed and we will discuss the the zack snyder version which was much better than this one and not that that one was necessarily ever right (laughs) but it was much better than this one well yeah it took it from hot garbage to just garbage for me (laughs) it there were so many from a property in the past and I think the reason why this is extra disappointing is we've seen Marvel kind of come to life and we can't compare this to Marvel because no. it's a different thing. Batman's been successful for quite some time. There are oh, really yeah. good Superman movies for quite some time. We just wanted to see these faces of some of these characters that we really enjoy. And you, you know, Aquaman's an odd one to do, but he's part of the justice league. Right. And cyborg's kind of a newer person but he's part of like the current lineup of the justice league right Uh, cyborg's been around for quite a long time but it just i don't know i feel i felt like they tried and they failed and they knew that they failed so they tried to fix it and then they failed even more and it just spiraled out of control yeah there was just there is there was not much that they could do to make make this work it was just it was just a mess and hey it's gonna happen sometime but you know what it's a justice league movie i never thought as a kid that i would get anywhere near this number of comic book movies i'm okay with some of them being stinkers Um, now i i think one thing with it failing that really came out of this is all the stuff that's on hbo max now right All, all the Warner Brothers properties or the DC properties are just stuffed onto HBO Max. So now we're going to get some of these shows with HBO money right? to actually create something solid. So what we were supposed to see in this movie was uh, an appearance by Green Lantern, and that never happened. But what we're going to see eventually here is a Green Lantern show on HBO Max, which, if it can be done right, we're all excited about. So if they can do other things like that and just kind of take your losses yeah put some good money into it from a series standpoint and maybe you can rework or rebuild around those things and then put some good movies out in the theater 
I will forgive everything if they can do a good Green Lantern show. That is my favorite DC character. Um, yeah, if they if they can get that right, then all is forgiven. <laughs> we'll see. We a tough one. Yeah, uh, that's that is that is a difficult character to do well. But you know, the last thing I'll say, hey, even though the movie was not to my taste, the cast was just ridiculous, um, and truthfully i place zero blame at any of their feet um they all did as well as they could with what they had um and you could tell i mean they were trying and you know i saw an article about henry cavill that he's basically a a giant dork like us (laughs) with interest in comics and games like man this sounds like a dude that you'd want to hang out with uh on top of being able to you know see him try and bring to life some of the cool stuff that, that you see. So, you know, there is that. Now, we did the negative side of DC. We'll end the episode with the positive side of DC. Also out in 2017, one of the members of the Justice League, Wonder Woman. <laughs> if okay. you're listening to this in audio format, Richard is making a face. <laughs> well, you... Okay, if you're going, it's really hard to do. You're going to introduce a character in not one, but two movies. And then after you've already introduced that character and given that character a tiniest bit of background, although not much, just a little bit to right. have that introduction, then you're going to create the whole entire backstory of this particular character separate with a complete separate set of, uh, you know, directors, writers, completely on its own, and yet make it be part of this universe. That's hard to do. Oh yeah, one, but it comes off as just being disjointed and awkward. And then the movie itself is fine. It really, I mean, I guess fresh <laughs> in my my brain is the second one, which was just. No, the second one was not great, but the first bad. one was really, really good. The first one was not bad, and when you when you go back and then you watch the Justice League Snyder cut and you get more from this character, and then it makes this movie seem a little bit better than what it did originally, you know, four years ago. Yeah, I don't know if I I'm with that. Now, first of all, um, the Wonder Woman character. Uh, first appeared in All-Star Comics in 1941 in D.C. Uh, Harry G. Peter was the artist and William Marsden the writer. Um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie for a couple of different reasons. It was totally, completely different from Man of Steel, any of the Snyder stuff, because it wasn't intended to be dark, which that definitely would lend to that disjointed feeling that you're talking about because it's like they're in two different settings. How can this one be bright in a World War setting, even, Mm -hmm. uh, comparatively? Um, uh, So, yeah, it definitely feels weird, but I, I think it worked really well. And I think Patty Jenkins at the helm of it, uh, was responsible for a good chunk of that. And she did, did a great job. Um, yeah, I, I will take it because 
It's an origin story. It's it's a little cheesy in spots, but what comic book film isn't? And in terms of importance, it was so important because I had been waiting for a movie to come out, a female-led comic book movie to come out that was really good to show that it could be done because these characters are great. It's just that the people that tried to bring them to movies screwed them up so often in the past that they just didn't have a chance to go, hey, oh yeah, there are really cool female uh, comic book characters and this is how they should be portrayed. And I really felt that, I mean, uh, Gal is, I thought, a fantastic casting for for the character and she came through really well uh and i I just really enjoyed it except for the fact that all of the amazons could be killed so easily well yeah there is that but i i'd chalk that up to uh the same thing that happens with any comic book movie they have to depower these 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 characters so much to bring it i feel like it's just to bring it into a realm where the viewer is more likely to accept it where they can write in a villain that doesn't have to be quite so godlike in its level of powers to be a threat to them um but yeah no i agree that the amazons should have been much hardier <laughs> than they were portrayed and and I, I with all the things that i'm saying about this you're right in the sense that this movie has a different look and a different feel to it and it has a different presentation of the character and it has you know a sense of i don't i wouldn't say redemption that's not it but it has a sense of completion in right. terms of uh, you know what happens at the end and then I, once again, I guess my brain is still stuck on the second one, which is so bad. Is. I think it is, yeah. And the the actual character itself, we want to see this character, and uh, we've mentioned it before, we want to see this character be as awesome and as powerful as the character can be. Yeah. And we still really, I don't think, have no. seen that. Wonder Woman is a beast in the comics. I mean, she's I mean, she's supposed to be basically, maybe not quite, but really close to Superman levels of power. And she she can just basically mop the floor with nearly anybody. And that's what we want to see. We want if you're going to if you're going to have this character be portrayed as strong and and like you said, if you want a female-led superhero super villain for that matter whatever well don't don't hold back right right just put it all out there and have some fun with it i guess we saw a little bit a little bit of that if if we're looking at the conclusion of this movie because she did battle and defeat a literal god yeah right yeah so that that part made sense although did it appear that the God was all that formidable in the movie? Not as much, no. And you're right. The setting of World War One isn't, it's not what you typically think for a comic book movie or for many movies, to be honest with you. But that was fine. It was okay. It was a good way to, like you said, kind of introduce that character and... 
where was this character before or why were these deeds not in- and it wait that's this whole thing yeah whatever yeah so yeah the, the movie from a dc standpoint is, tr- is definitely one of the strongest movies that dc has done um better than aquaman yeah probably i definitely really so, love aquaman better than shazam no i would so, take shazam over this one yeah so it's it's one of one of the best that they have done so far but i guess my feeling goes back to it could have been better and yeah. i'm nitpicking well well and everybody's going to take a little bit something different out of this i i know i got into conversations with uh with some pe- some some people to say oh this is this is the best and this is the greatest ever and it's like well why do you think that it's like well because it is but okay but what but why is <laughs> i mean it's it's it and and it came down to it it's that the, the individuals had not seen a female led superhero film that was good and so because it was it's kind of got thrust forward i felt as being maybe a little better than it really was comparatively mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that it was really a really good film at least in my yep. mind i i thought it had everything it kept what the big thing for me is it kept that hopefulness that was such a big piece of the original like christopher reeves superman films that got lost with the snyder version it's it's all supposed to be so dark where the Wonder Woman film kind of showed that, well, you can have that adversity, but still have that hope and have that kind of show through the film. And that, that for me, that resonated. Plus, you know, you got Robin Wright in it, who is just awesome in everything. And, you know, th- this whole cast was, was so good. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I guess it resonated more for me than it did for you. Yeah, you could say that. Yep. But uh, what do you think, Pudding People? Did we miss anything in 2017? Now, of course, that's uh, all the non-Marvel stuff. That's going to be in the in the next episode. But did we miss any non-Marvel films that came out in 2017? Let us know. Did you have different opinions? We told you about our social media earlier. Tell us. We will always be happy to hear your input. Uh, and until next week uh, with our next episode, keep watching comic book stuff and geeking out with us. 